Superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Barons win! Barons win! Cody Jansen stopped 92 out of 95 shots, including a penalty shot in overtime. Somehow he still only wound up the third star of the game. You like that? Jansen has a heart. Y'all smoked it, crack! It is a Thursday, but it kind of feels like a Friday. We're rolling. It's a nice sunny day outside in Alberta's capital. World Hockey Report presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. If you're going to the rink, Auto Lord Co., they're going to make sure you got everything you need for a smooth ride from bright white headlight replacement bulbs for increased visibility during early morning or late night commutes to battery maintainers. That'll ensure your vehicle starts when the temperature drops. Visit a Lord Co. Auto Parts location today for knowledgeable service, quality parts, and accessories. Visit lordco.com to find a store near you. It's Cody Jansen coming to you live from the Pro-Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at janner 31 underscore in the show at world hockey rpt join the conversation anytime if you're watching on 12 ounce sports facebook twitter youtube twitch single tv channel 761 you can join the conversation get your comments heard right on screen today on the show in about 20 minutes time we'll connect with zach medeiros great cup champ big flyers guy i know he's got a few opinions end of the show it's up to you. It's open line. We'll preview the Oilers. We'll preview the Jets. It's a rematch for them. We got comments from Connor McDavid. We got comments from Stuart Skinner. It's a big one for the Oilers. If they lose, I feel like this place is going to blow a gasket. And coming up here in about one minute time, Neil Villapiano. He'll hop on. We'll talk Devils. We'll talk East Coast and everything else in between. But first, everyone knows, favorite hockey tournament of the year, it's the Spangler Cup Sports Travel Tours. They are going to hook you up for it. If you want to go this year, you better hurry up. Like I'm telling you, you better get it in in the next week. If not, they got a 2022 package that's coming out, and it's going to be better than ever. It's phenomenal. They're also hooking you up. Great travel tours for the World Cup in, or the World Championship. Pardon me in Finland this year. Go check them out, sportstraveltours.com. We'll post it when we get the packages and how you can sign up today for your sports travel tours. Let's snap it over to our friend Neil Villapiano right now, host of the Devil State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Neil, what's going on? How's it going, Cody? Uh, It's great to be here. Big fan of of the show. And and, uh, how's everything going by you? Hey, it's doing great. It's uh, I've been awesome lately. Everything uh, seems to be going well other than the weather in Alberta. We got about a foot of snow the other day, so it's a little chilly, but I can't complain. I know out east things are a little bit different, and uh, New Jersey's kind of had a similar start to the season as not the Oilers, but of recent, they've been up and down here. It's, they've been seeing some struggles. They've been seeing some injuries, battling with some stuff. And from a New Jersey Devils perspective, I want to start with the goaltending. Can you give me your assessment of Mackenzie Blackwood so far this season? I think, look, I, I honestly think that Blackwood is off to a really, really good start this year. He looks very strong in net. He looks comfortable. He looks healthy, which is the number one thing. We know how... You know, he had to deal with off-season heel surgery, and it took him a while to kind of get fully healthy, um, and he had to miss uh, a decent amount of games, you know, before after the season started. But since he's been able to play a couple games, he's just looked very, very strong, and he's done what he's had to do, and that is stop the puck and give this Devils team an opportunity to win some very difficult, very tight hockey games so far. So I like the way that Blackwood has looked so far. I think when you look at the fact that there is the potential that he could very well be one of the three goaltenders representing Canada at the Olympics this year, he's been given extra motivation. And I know a lot of people give him flack for, at least at first, not choosing to get the the COVID-19 vaccine, but he ended up doing it. And he said that it was a very you know difficult thing for him to do, mm-hmm. but he understood that it was a very selfless thing he had to do to protect his teammates, to protect his family, and also obviously to give him the opportunity that he wants to potentially go over and represent Canada um, in the Olympics this year. But overall, playing-wise, Blackwoods looked very, very strong in net, and we're going to need Blackwood throughout the year if we want to have any chance of you know, competing and really looking to try to compete for a playoff spot. 
Good numbers in a 934, obviously. That's uh, no one, or 937, pardon me. No one's ever going to complain about that. You also got Jonathan Bernier, who I think is a very underrated pickup for the Devils. But one of the guys you got to see is probably your goalie of the future, if not maybe your 1B of the future, and that's Nico Dawes. I mean, I still think that there's a lot of potential there. I wouldn't overreact over two games, but from what you saw from Nico, were you happy? Are you kind of thinking like, hey, maybe in the next three, four years, this guy could step into a full-time backup role? I was pleasantly surprised by the way Nico Dawes came in and was so calm, cool, and collected in net for a guy who had not played a single game in the NHL up until that point. And you saw him in his first game getting his first, you know, professional win, which was obviously massive. You know, he's, he struggled a little bit, um, to say the least, in the game against Calgary, his second game, giving up, you know, three, you know, three goals in the first period. But he's a young kid. And look, he's put into a tough situation where at the time we didn't have Bernier, we didn't have Blackwood, and our backup, who now is in Arizona, was Scott Wedgwood. So it was really kind of a difficult spot for him to be in. But you look at what he's done in Utica, and you look at the Utica Comets, who are 11-0-0 to start the season, which ties the American Hockey League record for most wins to start a year. He has been a big reason that the Comets have been able to have this long winning streak to start the year. And he has a lot of potential. And, and, you know, look, he played overseas in Germany. It was a lower tier league, but still you're playing against a bunch of professional hockey players as a young kid. And when the Devils drafted him two years ago, he was the number one goaltender out of North America in the draft. And the Devils were able to get him in the third, fourth round, I believe. So this kid has a lot of potential. I also tell people to keep an eye on Akira Schmid as well who is another one of the goaltenders down in Utica as well. Both of these guys have been really strong. But as far as it from Nico Dodd, this kid has the potential to be a 1B, maybe even a 1A goaltender. And to have several options down in the minors for long-term to back up Blackwood uh, just makes me very, very po- you know happy and makes me very, very confident in the direction of this team. And I've really liked, even though it's only two games, I like the way Nico Dawes plays the game. He has a lot. He has a very bright future in the National Hockey League. He's as good as advertised. I mean, this guy has been a lifesaver in many ways, both on the defensive and offensive sides when it comes to our defensive game. I mean, look, to, to be as blunt as I possibly can be, the Devils defense has been awful for the last several years. And general manager Tom Fitzgerald knew that this past offseason, this team had to upgrade in many ways from the defensive core. So we traded and acquired Ryan Graves, who has been awesome. And then you get the biggest free agent in the in the entire class this year and the number one defenseman, Dougie Hamilton. You give him that long-term deal, and this guy has the potential to become a Norris Trophy-winning defenseman. And he's dealt with a little bit of injury and also still learning to build chemistry with, with his new team. But he has been super, super strong. He gives us so much confidence on the defensive side. He gives us a huge amount of confidence, not only on the penalty kill, but certainly on the power play, both things that we definitely need to uh, improve on as we move forward. But even though you look at his numbers and you say, well, they're not the best when it comes to this point in the year, he has still been tremendous and has really helped this young Devils team learn to compete. And we've won a couple of games that maybe we weren't supposed to win, and a lot of it has to do with Dougie Hamilton. So, yes, I'm very, very pleased with Dougie so far this year, and I'm very excited to see what he can do the rest of this season and moving forward with the New Jersey Devils. Oh, had my mic muted there. That's a hot start right there. But Nico, Nico, uh, he sure he had a good start to the season. Obviously, he's taken right. a little bit of a step. Uh, from from your perspective, has he been the best center on the team? I guess Zach is probably up there as well. I think he's got, what, 11 points. But, I mean, give me your thoughts on some of those young guns because you've got a decent offense going. Well, I would say the best center that we have by far is Jack Hughes, and it's unfortunate that he's hurt right now. Um, but fortunately, he has been progressing a lot since his shoulder injury and since doing rehab. So hopefully he'll be back within the next couple of weeks and we can get him back. But Nico Kishir has definitely stepped up. You look at last year, he got hurt before the season even began, had to rehab and get himself healthy, only played a couple games, and then he got hurt again getting a getting a concussion and a broken nose. And it was just a, a really, really bad year for him. It was a very difficult year for him, but he, he comes into this year confident, healthy, 
And you look at the way he started, and yeah, he got up to a slow start points-wise, but he does a lot of little things right. He wins face-offs. He's able to help out on the penalty kill when he can. And really, you look at it and people can say, well, is it still too early for him to be the captain of this team being 21, 22 years of age? I personally can understand why people would think that, but I also feel that Nico Heischer is one of the main guys of this organization. You look at Tom Fitzgerald, he was here as the assistant general manager under Ray Shiro when the Devils took Nico number one overall in 2017. And I could also understand how people might be critical and say, well, there was also guys like Elias Pettersson available at number one. Why didn't the Devils take him? Look, the, the, the draft is a crapshoot. You never really know when you know when guys are going to be good and when they're not going to be. So you look at Nico Heischer, I consider him definitely a late bloomer, a guy who's had to take some time to really develop his game. But he's a guy that I've said before that when everything is rolling, he has the potential to be a Selkie Trophy Award winner. He has a lot of qualities that a guy like Patrice Bergeron has brought uh, to the Boston Bruins for many years. Um, and you look at the way Nico has stepped up this year, especially with the absence of Jack Hughes. Uh, he has definitely proven himself to be that number one center. And then you mentioned Pavel Zaka. I, you know, I've been very critical of Mark Recchi, uh, one of our assistant coaches who is in charge of the power play, uh, for the lack of power play goals up until now. But one of the things that Mark Recchi said when he first got hired was that he wanted to get a guy like Pavel Zaka going. And last year, he was one of our top goal scorers and top point getters. And this year, he's right there again. This, this guy has finally developed into that solid, consistent scoring NHL player. And yeah, we obviously did pass up on guys like Miko Rantanen and Matt Barzell, to name a few, uh, in that draft year. But still, I think Zaka has developed very, very well and is a guy that we can definitely count on, especially when we need that goal late in the game to tie it up and force overtime. He's already done that a couple of times this year. That's a guy that not only could do very well as a centerman, but he has certainly flourished as a winger as well. So he's a guy that can fill multiple positions, which is great. So some of those young guys, like you mentioned, have definitely uh, stepped up. And just like with guys like Hamilton, Blackwood, Jack Hughes, we're going to need guys like Nico and Zaka and even Jesper Bratt to really get this team going and take us to the next level, which is to get into the playoffs and be a consistent, competitive uh, playoff team. Well, you definitely need those three centers, guys like Heischer, Zaka, and Hughes to really hold weight because... I mean, from what you've seen from Sharon Govic this year, it's not to say that last year was a flash in a pan, but that's going to be tough to repeat. I mean, it's not like, you know, he's mm -hmm. at the rock bottom of it, but I mean, he, he's still got to find a way. He's, he can turn it around. He's still a young kid. Also, one I got to leave you with this one, though. We got one more thing to talk about, and that's P.K. Subban. Neil, you know I was going to ask you about it. The slew foot. What's going on? I mean, this is... Tim Peel justified it. We've had Tim on the show. He's a good guy. He's a friend of the show. But I mean, for Subban, why is this still why is this still a habit? Why is this still a thing? Is it because, Neil, that no one, Ryan Reeves, hasn't grabbed a hold of Subban and knocked a couple of teeth out? Or is it because the NHL doesn't deal with it properly and they just give him a twenty five hundred dollar fine? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think number one, PK Subban has played this way for his entire career. You can ask people in Montreal, you can ask people in Nashville, and you can ask people here in New Jersey. We've all seen it. We we and this year has been really, really unacceptable. I mean, he had the scary situation with Ryan Reeves in the preseason, which got him hurt. He tried to he basically slew footed um Milan Lucic when we played the Flames. Basically. He, yeah, basically. <laughs> He almost he almost hurt uh, Trevor Zegras when we played Anaheim, and then you had this situation with Sammy Blay. Here's the thing about the situation with Sammy Blay. I don't believe that Subban did it intentionally, but because he has a reputation, I can fully understand why people got as mad as they did. Um, I do wonder why the Rangers players did not have more of a reaction to Sammy Blay getting hurt, because if you remember when Ryan Reeves got hurt in the preseason, there was several fights afterwards where guys were going after Subban. When Sammy Blay got hurt, not a single person went up to Subban and did anything. And I know Ryan Reeves had a couple of choice words earlier this week about what's going to happen the next time that Subban and the Rain and the Devils take on the Rangers, which obviously we're going to be definitely keeping our eye on when it gets to that point. But yeah, Subban, um, he has to clean up his act. This is getting absolutely ridiculous. Um, he has been a liability in many ways on the defensive side. And you look at the fact that he has been um 
He has been gotten in trouble several times for the same type of play. He's just proving that really the NHL is just flat out not doing a good job of punishment. I think at this point, you can ask Devils fans, we all do agree that, you know, there has to be a line that has to be where the player just can't do that anymore. And the fact that Subban has been doing it several times is very, very frustrating and getting very, very um, aggravating for not just fans of other teams, but certainly Devils fans as well. So with PK, look, I like the guy. I like his personality. I think his personality fits well with the young kids in the locker room. But as far as you know, him on the ice, he has become in many ways a very much of a liability on the defensive side. Offensively, you know, he'll have some really good moments. He has gotten himself a decent amount of points to start the year, so he's having probably one of his better seasons as a devil offensively. But he is still much of a liability on the defensive side, and um, you know, it, it's one of those things where. We, we just wonder, you know, when is this going to stop? When is it going to end with the era of PK in New Jersey? Um, it's been very frustrating, to say the least. Neil, you're the best, man. I appreciate it. Everyone go check out Devil's State of Mind podcast via the Hockey Podcast Network. It's the next one to pop off. Hey, thank you so much for hopping on the show, man. I really appreciate it. No problem, Cody. Thanks for having me and uh, looking forward to coming on again real soon. Neil Villapiano right there. Hopping on World Hockey Report. I got a quick breaking story for you. This is from Ryan Kennedy. Multiple sources are telling him that the Omaha Lancers players in the USHL are planning on boycotting this weekend's games due to organizational budget cuts and treatment of coach Chad Cassie. So we got a boycott coming in the USHL potentially. Also, if you missed NHL games from last night, I got three scores for you. Colorado, they double up Vancouver 4-2. Chicago as well, they beat Seattle 4-2. And Washington 2-0 over the LA Kings. Let's talk Philadelphia Flyers. Maybe a little football talk as well. So much to get to after the break. It's World Hockey Report on 12 Out Sports. World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com. And sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority. The NHL season's underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deflection, however they light the lamp, you're going to win. If it's not available in your state, the Sportsbook, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Now use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN, a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back, 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 back. All right, it's World Hockey Report, presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Visit Lord Co.'s in-store truck centers at select locations. Cody Jansen coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios in beautiful Alberta. Follow me on Twitter at Jaren31 underscore and the show at World Hockey RPT. Join the conversation anytime at 12 Ounce Sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and Zingo TV channel 761. Let's snap it over to our resident Flyers expert, Zach Medeiros, joining us on the line. Meds, it's a big one tonight against Tampa Bay. You got uh, a prediction, a preview, anything we should be uh, keying in on? Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be one to nothing Flyers and Carter Hart makes 100 saves since the Flyers can't score goals. 
Wow, realistic takes only to start the show here. Carter Hart, he was good. He was really good against the Flames. I'll give you that. It was actually a good goalie battle. Like, Jacob Markstrom's been solid for the Flames this year, so I don't mind watching a 2-1 game when there's chances back and forth. But, man, what can we say about Cam Atkinson? We keep pumping this guy's tires every single time you're on the show, and he just gets another big tuck for him. He does. And, you know, he has hit a bit of a dry spell lately. I mean, now he's got seven goals, but there's a handful of games there where not just him, but the rest of the team, I feel like the goals are kind of coming at a premium right now. And actually, I looked at a stat the other night. It was, you know, after the Flames game, obviously, now they got nine goals in 15 games. And, you know, the, the first three or four games of the year, they were like sixth or seventh in the league in goals four, which I expected that to kind of taper off a little bit. But right now, they they, they got to figure out a way to find the back of the net because they're just going to be too, too much wear and tear on, you know, Carter Hart and Jones and, you know, for, for as well as they, they played right now, the, the offense needs to kind of pick it up, especially tonight against a team like Tampa, who, I mean, a team like that, I mean, you're, you're, you have to play, you know, you, you have to kind of master their energy, right? Because they're, they're going to find ways to hit the back of the net. And again, you're looking at arguably the, the best goaltender in the game right now. So, you know, goals are kind of coming out of premium, but again, let's find the back of the net, at least get four or five in there tonight and help our goalies out. I think Vasilevsky has too big of gear. Too big. Yeah, I mean, it kind of looks that way when you're also seven feet tall. I always love to throw that one out there. Hey, but Tampa's also <laughs> going through some injuries here, and the Flyers went through their injuries a little earlier, I would say. I mean, you got Kevin Hayes back. He looked fine the other night. Uh, you know, yeah. just, just from an offensive spark standpoint, how much do you think it has to do with chemistry that they're kind of rebuilding now that you got guys who are back in the lineup and healthy again, and you're using different line combinations that you haven't used in months, if not since last season? It, it's it's definitely nice. And you look at last year when AV, Alan Vigno was kind of mixing and matching because they, you know, again, game winning games was kind of coming out at premium too, right? So he was just for the life of him trying to find some sort of line combination that, that would work out there because there's two or three months of hockey where that's why that, that sent me back about 20 years while watching that Flyers team play. And this year has been pretty good so far. Um, they haven't really had to worry too much in terms of chemistry. And obviously getting Kevin Hayes back is, it's huge for them. Ryan Ellis going back down again. And now he's listed week to week with, you know, re-aggravating the uh, same injury he just came off of after missing nine games. That one hurts, but I mean, who would have said that Justin Braun would have been their best D-man up to date right now. So hopefully he can keep pulling his weight, but uh, you know, it would be nice to get a healthy Ellis back in there. Cause that I was did forget about bigger. Ellis. I did forget about yeah. Ellis. Yeah. That, that sucks for him. I think he's back to week to week. So yeah. that, that's a tough loss. Speaking of Carter Hart, obviously last year sucked for him. And we, we talked about him kind of looking like he was on the upswing. But what are you seeing in his game? I mean, just from an outsider perspective, has he changed anything drastically to you? Or is he just you know stopping the puck to be, keep it simple? He just, I mean, you as a goalie, I mean, from the games you watch, he just looks a lot more comfortable in what, what he's doing out there. And last year, it just seemed like he was like, you know, just swimming a lot. Like you just... He didn't look comfortable in what he was doing. Look, like he was he was scrambling a lot, but this year he just looks calm. And listen, there, there there's been a number of games. You look at games against Carolina, against the Flames, and Washington, the better teams in the league in general. He's had to make some big stops really because the Flyers coming out of the gate have not looked great in the first period. And he just looks again just comfortable in his own skin and what he's doing. And even when he lets them one, if they if they go down by one, you know he's not really shook by it. He just kind of stays true to his technique and has faith that his offense, you know, is, is going to chip in and eventually find a way to get, get a goal. And, you know, and the offense on, you know, and the rest of the team on the, in the, you know, in the same token believes that he's going to keep him in the game as well. So we have that comfort in, and confidence in your, in your goaltender. It's, it's definitely a great feeling for sure. So join the conversation right now if you're watching on 12 Ounce Sports, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, wherever it is. Because I'm going to pose the question here, does Carter Hart make the Canadian Olympic team. I want to know your thoughts on this. If you're watching live right now on 12 ounce sports, if you're watching world hockey report, I want to know, does Carter Hart make the Canadian Olympic team? Zach, I'll, I'll pose that question to you. Do you think Hart has a chance to be the third guy this year? Yeah. Well, I, 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 yeah, I think we actually talked about this about three, four weeks ago, but thanks for asking again. Um, yeah, my, I got a my short memory hasn't changed. <laughs> so do I, don't worry. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think we, we both kind of came in into agreement that he kind of fits in that third spot. Um, if he continues this caliber of play, I like the way he's playing right now. So as long as he keeps it up, I can see him being that third goaltender. Who's, who's the other two then in your mind? Oh 
Oh man, there's so many. I mean, I think we've got Darcy Kemper. I mean, there, there's a handful, right? You got guys like Darcy Kemper. You got Bennington, who's also playing very well right now, from what I've seen. Um, well, so Carey Price, obviously. I mean, who knows where where his health's at? I mean, when he's ready to play again. But obviously, he's got to be in that conversation, though. Oh yeah. Um, right. So I mean, there's. I'm, I'm leaving out names here. I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank. But I'm sure there, there's other prospects and guys who've been you know, household names in the league for a while now that would probably have a chance to push for those top three spots. But again, Carter Hart right now, man, he's looking damn good. So I can see him slotting in as a number three guy. Would you be comfortable if you go to the Olympics with Carey Price, Jordan Bennington, and Carter Hart? Absolutely. That's one deadly lineup for for goaltenders. I agree. And I mean, that means leaving off names like Marc-Andre Fleury, who's last year's Vezina winner. That means leaving off names like Darcy Kemper, who's been phenomenal for Hockey Canada for how many years at the World Championships (laughs) because he's been on a dog Arizona Coyotes team. Like, it sucks to leave those guys off, and you would love to see them get the opportunity. Here's a dark horse for you, and this is one that was thrown at us on Twitter. James Reimer. This guy's having an unbelievable season in San Jose. He's got a 9.43 save percentage, Zach. Like, how yeah. how many games would James Reimer have to play and keep putting up a 9.43 save percentage to get consideration? If we're talking January 6th and James Reimer's played 22 games and has phenomenal numbers, are we talking about him as an Olympic candidate? I, I think so. You know, I, I, as long as he keeps up his his style of play for the next, I don't know, what would you say? Uh, like two months? A yeah, month I'd say a month and a half. Month and a half. Okay, exactly. So around there. And as long as he keeps in that like 930 range, I feel like he's got to be in that conversation with, with Carter Hart. At that point, I feel like they're, they're just kind of duking out for that third spot. So if you're a coach. But either way, it's a good problem to have. If you're a coach, are you putting more weight into this season or previous history? doesn't matter international NHL whatever like are you just going to take the hot hand from this season and say okay Mackenzie Blackwood looks great in December so that's what we want on the Olympic team or are you going to say hey Carey Price he's won an Olympic gold or Marc-Andre Fleury he was the Vezina last year he can play in clutch games like how do you weigh that out if you're a coach Zach? Uh, I think you have to kind of look at it both ways, to be honest. Obviously, you know, history. I mean, you have to look at Carey Price. Um, again, that, that all depends on when he actually comes back, right? But again, he's been there, done that. He's playing big moments. Again, a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, same type of deal, too. He's playing big moments. He's got a few Stanley Cups under his belt, so obviously he needs to be in that conversation. Um, for, my, for me, I think those are probably your top two goaltenders. Again, pending Carey Price, there's obviously an, an asterisk next to his name there. But I mean, other than that, I mean, again, it, it, again, it's a, it's a great problem to have when you have guys like Reimer, guys like Carter Hart, guys like Bennington playing at the level they're at right now. At that point, you just kind of have to, as I said, I think for that second, third goaltender, you might have to go with a hot hand. Oh, can we just talk about the Flyers goaltending? Is this a joke right now? I'm looking up stats. Martin Jones has a 931 and Carter Hart has a 935. Those aren't Flyers is goaltending that, numbers. That's hey, Is that... Is it not good or what? Yeah, is is, is something wrong with the something must be wrong with the TSN app because I don't I don't <laughs> believe that. Hey, I gotta ask you about the Edmonton Oilers because they are this is a slump for them. I think we can call a spade a spade here and say that they haven't been good enough. You can't keep blaming it on because Mike Smith is injured that you're losing all these hockey games. And Winnipeg ran them out of the barn Tuesday night. They get a rematch tonight. But when, when you watch an Oilers game, when you see some of the recaps, when you see people talking about them, is this team still three pieces away from being a cup contender, or is this just a rough patch in the road? Uh, I think it's just a rough patch in the road, man. I mean, I think at some point we have the lineup they have offensively and defensively. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I've only watched a handful of games this year, but the ones I have watched, they, they looked very good. Um, goaltending has been a bit of an issue, obviously. Um, but I mean, if they're, if they're able to sort that out and, you know, some issues on the back end, I mean, the offense, you know, it'll come together because the offense, you don't really have to worry about because they can just kind of turn it on whenever they, they, they feel like it. Right. But, but you, you think, say yeah. that, and then they only score two against uh, a Winnipeg team. And I think they both come on the power play. Like we can say that, oh, this offense can turn it on at any moment and they can be deadly in this, that. But until it actually happens in meaningful time, I'm not convinced. Well, it's like, you were the one who, who told me the other day, like, the games early on this year don't matter as much, you know, down the uh, stretch. Listen, we can't expect guys like Drysaddle and Nate McDavid to 
put up video game stats every single game. Like that's just not going to happen. Both those guys are going to be well over a hundred points come the end of the year. Don't get me wrong, but to kind of let that, you know, heavy workload rest on their shoulders, you know, night in and night out is a bit unfair as well. You know, at some point they need some guys chipping in and again, you, you, you need your goaltender like, like the flyers are kind of getting right now to kind of steal you a game or two down the road. So if they can sort that out, I think they'll be okay. And if they can't shit, I mean, They'll have some, you know, obviously they, they have to work on some, some kinks there and maybe ditch Koskinen in and get someone else in there because, I mean, obviously the, the, the contract he's under right now, obviously it's, it's not a bargain, right? And he hasn't really played up to that. So, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of have to rely on Mike Smith to kind of return to his Vesna caliber form. Who would you rather have right now to start tonight, Marc-Andre Fleury or Jonas Corposalo? If the Oilers were to trade for one of those guys right now on the spot, Marc-Andre Fleury or Jonas Corposalo? I'm going to go with Marc-Andre Fleury, no doubt. The guy just won the Vesna last year, and he plays on a very, very bad team. Yeah, but even if he retires next season, like for for the Oilers' perspective, if you got to choose one of those guys today, you're still going to go with the Fleury, and you're going to say we're all in on this year and probably risk the fact that he might retire? I mean, if he goes to the team light, like the Oilers, do you really think he's going to hang it up? I feel like he spent at least two to three years there knowing the, like, the lineup he has in, in front of him. Do you think that yeah, guy you, wants you to, to put up with Edmonton media for two or three years? No, we're not. You, Pittsburgh's a big market, too, and he was there forever. Pittsburgh is nothing. Pittsburgh's pissed yeah, to peanuts compared to Edmonton. Edmonton's only oh, second yeah. to Toronto for media, I'd say. I think Edmonton's the last Canadian team up there in the market, man. I think Montreal's ahead of them. Toronto. Montreal's I think Philly's ahead of them. French, like French media here. doesn't affect anyone. <laughs> no one reads uh, French newspapers. That's the thing. Is that you don't care if someone trash talks you in French. If some little journalist scribe with a pen trash yeah. talks you in French, you don't it doesn't affect you. Well, listen, I I know what your answer is obviously you're gonna go with Corpusalo. That's fine. But listen, I'm gonna go with the Vesna winner and the guy who's been there before, so yeah, I'm, I'm not go off the table. This pick. this is crazy. But Zach, I've been pitching this question to people this week. Uh, I'm sure you saw Spencer Knight. What would it take to get him out of Florida? Like they got Bob locked up for the next six or so years. Could you put a package together that includes two first round picks, a goaltending prospect like Stuart Skinner, Ilya Konovalov, and then a Philip Broberg and maybe a Dylan Holloway? Like I'm I'm talking. This is a massive futures risk where you're throwing away like two or three A-plus prospects and two first-round picks for a goalie of the future like Spencer Knight. For, you're going to cough that much up for a goalie? Are you serious? Man, I, I Dude, love how, the Oilers media right now. How you guys rare are goalies? Like a three. Oh, come on. There's like, what do you mean? They're, they don't have to give it for that guy. Like He's good, but come on. You can you know go after a guy like, I don't know what, you know, you can always trade for another guy. I think it doesn't have to be a guy like Spencer Knight. That's a lot to give up for a goaltender who, you know, still, he's he's young and he's not really proven yet either. He's going to be a starter for a, a dozen years in the NHL. That's my thing, is that I honestly think for the goalie of the future, for, you know, your Connor Hellebuck or whatever, you might as well mortgage the farm for him because you can't draft those guys that often. Yeah, I, I'm going to mortgage the farm for a guy who's actually proven. Like, listen, if a guy like Grubar be, becomes available during the offseason, then you can kind of think of that. No, well, come on. You're thinking of a guy there's, who's like... Who, there's how, no way you think that Grubauer is a 10-year starter in the NHL. He's been dog for he's Seattle. A, he's got one of the worst goals saved above average or expected goals look saved. At the team he, look, look at the team he plays on. They what built do you mean? around That's like defense. Giordano, oh Alexiak, they built around defense, and he can't bail them out. Okay, those guys are, are – are you serious? Those guys are not household names. Come on. There's a reason why they're, they're – Mark Giordano is not a household name? He's 38 years old. Yeah, and how long ago did he win a Norris? Two years ago? Oh, my God. Has he been since? Yeah, come on. And the guy's dwindling away. Seriously. And, again, there's another reason why Calgary gave up their captain, left him unprotected because they didn't want him anymore. Okay, Jeff says, hey, Zach, is there a legit possibility – I guess you're the Olympic expert here on this one. Is there a legit possibility that Canada and USA may boycott the 2022 Olympics in China? What does this mean for the NHL and the other countries for hockey? Well, I mean, I I guess it is a possibility that they boycott, Zach. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I haven't looked into this enough, but I would say the NHL would probably be happy if they did it because then the NHL, you know, 
gets to fix their schedule. They don't have to risk any injuries at the Olympics. So I would say for the NHL, they're probably happy for a fan, for a media member. It would suck. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. Obviously, listen, if, I, if you're working in a, like, like a manager job for any organization in the NHL, like what was it the last mix? I think Tavares went down and the Islanders yep. were making a playoff push up until that day and he tore his eight or MCL, whatever it was. And I forget who the GM was at the time, but I mean, that's a big blow to lose your captain and you're one of the best players in the league. So I understand it from that standpoint. From a purely fan standpoint, I want to see it again. We haven't seen Olympic hockey yet. It feels like for, you know, eternity honestly so and then how often you know what listen we're not going to see a team like this probably you know like a guy like mcdavid Mc, mckinnon Sidney crosby all playing on the same team at once like how cool would that be able to see it's it's a once in a lifetime thing man like of, of course is. i want to see that but i understand both both parts of it as well but for me personally i want it to happen so bad because who the hell is going to be able to stop that team Canada's b team it would probably still win the olympics the guys they leave off that roster, which will make a strong push to make the Olympics. I don't care about people saying, oh, U.S. has a chance to beat them. No, they do not. It's not even close. Can I say something really rude on the show? Are, are we allowed to? Because it's my show, so I can do what I want, Zach. I want to see, <laughs> and, and this isn't like a hatred of China. This is like, hey, it's been a scummy communist country that's had too many human ethics issues. I want to see Canada, mm-hmm. USA, and Russia, whoever they play, just beat the wheels off their hockey team, like 30 to one, I'll, like 30, nothing. I'll feel good about that when I see that. And I can just laugh at China and be like, well, you're scummy. And I'm just happy to see that. That's all I want to see out of the Olympics. Like, just give me a Connor McDavid 10 goal game against China. I'll be happy. Well, well I'll actually double down on that and, and say that. I didn't know that China even had a team going into this for ice hockey. So, well, yeah, they have sure. to because they're the host. And like they've been talking about <laughs> pulling the team. They're actually having a meeting a week from today. The IIHF and IOC are having a meeting on saying, like, is the Chinese national team good enough? And again, I mean, they played a few KHL teams and they lost. So like they're like, oh, we're competitive at the KHL level. I don't care. I still want to see them get the brakes beat off of them by Canada just to shove one to China. That's, that's what I want to see. Okay, we got to get to some NFL talk, though. Uh, Thursday nighter. Oh, it's uh, New England and Atlanta. The Pats are seven-point favorites. Six and a half now. The line's kind of changed. I like the Pats here. They're buzzing. Mac Jones looks good. Is this a product of Bill Belichick's kind of learned his quarterback, or is it Mac Jones has learned Belichick, and they've you know kind of started to gel because they've been buzzing, Zach? They have been. And, I mean, there's a reason why they, they let Cam go because they, they saw something special in this kid. And you look even in his last year in Alabama, how, how good he is. And, you know, just over time, he goes in from like a guy, you know, like redshirt freshman year. He's a third or fourth QB behind guys like Tua, behind guys like Jalen Hurts. You know, there, there's quite the roster in front of him that he has to kind of overcome and future first round picks. But needless to say, yes, I mean, obviously the, the kid's been able to absorb that offense. And if you're Bill Belichick, you're really happy with his development up to date and Josh McDaniels and the OCO there as well as obviously he's learned his system very well and hasn't really taken that that much time I know the first few weeks they they kind of hit some bumps in the road but the last four or five weeks man he has looked lethal yeah I'm really light liking this past team right now and I, I see them winning over over Atlanta who do your Steelers have this week uh they have Chargers Sunday night wow a Sunday night I think the Chargers are frauds though maybe they got a chance I actually Listen, I, I know you're about to trash all over my like Steelers, and you know what? I, I'm completely fine with that. No, hey, they, they beat I'm the worried, best team in the league the, the other night. They beat the Bears, so maybe they are half decent. <laughs> listen, listen, okay. I know I, I only, you know, I, I don't have that much time on here, but listen, you're Mason Rudolph, right? You're you're sending him into the game. First of all, not not just any game. It's it's November in Pittsburgh. The weather's crap. It's sleet out there. Listen, you know what? And you're going up against an 0 8 team. You absolutely pound the rock with a running back like Najee Harris in a game like that. You do not ask Mason Rudolph, who's only played one game in one year leading up until that point, to throw the ball 50 times in that game. You have Najee. There's a reason why you, you dropped him in the first round. That guy's going to be good for 30 to, to you know 35-plus carries a game when he needs it and when your team needs it. But, and then on top of that, it's first down and goal on you know the line's five, and you throw it three times. Run the ball, man. Run the ball. The team's own eight, and they're they're crap. I understand these are all paid pro athletes, but the Lions are, I'm sorry, for lack of a better term, but they are 
dog doo-doo. I was about to say the other word, but they are dog crap, man. You run that ball all day on them. I did not understand that at all. Listen, I only watched part of the game because I was actually at a funeral that day. But, you know, I watched, again, I, I watched the replay of the game, and it was just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, like, I wanted to stab my eyes out over that. Brutal. Well, yeah, I mean, the Lions are dog shit. There's, there's no need to sugarcoat it. They suck. And the Steelers, I mean, although they picked up the most impressive one of the season against the Bears, yeah, it's a pretty embarrassing tie, and you should probably just relegate them from the league for the season. Make yeah. them play XFL because you tied the Detroit Lions. Meds, uh, what did I have? I had one more for you. Oh, yeah, Oilers and Jets tonight. Give me a prediction. The Oilers bounce back. I know they're starting their third tendy in Stuart Skinner, but uh, this kind of feels like a game where if they don't win it, man, Oilers Nation's going to be on fire. Why? Where are the Oilers right now? Where are they? Like, like ten and five, and you guys are. No, they're eleven. And, out. They're eleven and four. But you have to remember, oh their God. four losses have all come fairly recent, and they've come against terrible teams. You've lost against Buffalo. You lose against Detroit. You, you know, Winnipeg. They're a fine team, but again, they're still an eight and five team, nine and five. Like they're not that impressive. You should be beating them if you're the best team in the NHL. Oh my God! Are, are the Oilers at home tonight? Yeah, they are. Yeah, it's at Rogers Place Thursday night. The yeah. place is going to be buzzing. They haven't been home in a while, but they are starting Stuart Skinner in net. Yeah, I like you know I, you know I actually watched him against the Wings game. You know I know he had that brain fart when he was trying to <laughs> that was throw the puck. That's okay, so bad. it happens though, man. It happens. No, you know, it doesn't. I, I, he, he made some. That happens game once a year in the NHL. Game. Once a year okay, in the it NHL. It just happened. Okay, and it happened to be him. So what? You move on from it. Oilers tonight. I like them five to two. Wow. Okay, hammered the overmed says it. Zach, buddy, appreciate you as always. Have a great weekend. All right, buddy. You too. Zach Medeiros right there hopping on World Hockey Airport. We're going to head off to a commercial break. We want to hear from you next. It's Open Line. We'll preview the Oilers, Jets. We'll talk some betting odds, everything else to come. It's World Hockey Airport presented by Lord Kamado Parts, and we're coming to you live on 12 Ounce Sports. World Hockey Report is partnering with Sports Travel Tours to bring you some incredible trips to watch hockey around the world. Sports Travel Tours has been creating hockey trips and tours since 1998. They've sent customers to the Winter Olympics, World Championships, every team in the NHL, as well as the KHL in Russia. And now, for the first time, they've been appointed official tour supplier to the Spangler Cup in Switzerland. As you all know, the Spangler Cup is the world's oldest invitational hockey tournament set in the stunning mountains of Davos. It's also the best way to spend the time in between Christmas and New Year's. So, cheer on Team Canada in Davos this year with Sports Travel Tours exclusive packages. For information and to book, go to sportstraveltours.com. That's sportstraveltours.com. And sign up to get exclusive discounts and trip priority. The NHL season's underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deflection, however they light the lamp, you're going to win. If it's not available in your state, the Sportsbook, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Huge thanks to our guy, Zach Medeiros, for hopping on the show, taking a little bit of extra time out of his day to let me get my NFL thoughts in. Didn't want to chirp Portugal, though. We can't cross the soccer line just yet. Also, Canada-Mexico, I'm still buzzing about that game. That was unbelievable. Like, Kyle Laren. That guy's bigger than Connor McDavid right now in Canada. I'll say it. He had a better week than him. Unbelievable. Hey, it's World Hockey Report. We are presented by Lord Co. Auto Parts. Everyone knows already Lord Co. is the best place. Find a store near you at lordco.com. We got the Oilers and the Jets tonight. Obviously, Winnipeg won 5-2 on Tuesday night. They're back in Edmonton now for the first time in about, uh, well, let's say a week and a half. To be generous, probably a few more days than that. 
Connor McDavid, he spoke to the media today, and I, and I found it interesting. Obviously, you're going to get the general questions. What went wrong? What went wrong? But also, he talked about Stuart Skinner and just how he's looked, and then he was also asked about the refs, so let's get to that. Skinner uh, looks like he's going to get the start tonight, Connor. What can you tell us about sort of your observations of him, uh, his personality and attitude, the way he is in practice, and how you guys feel about him? Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's a guy that, you know, is... Uh, just getting more and more confident as he goes here and um you know just a great person and and uh, someone that uh you know you want to battle for when he's in the net so you know he's come in and he's done everything we've asked of him and um you know and he's earned another start tonight and um you know it's uh something that uh, we definitely could use is uh is him uh, you know finding his game he's been he's been good and obviously need to keep that going Connor, sorry you've been asked this already in the last day or so, but a lot of talk about your skill and the ice time you log, but how few penalties that you attract from your play. And I'm wondering, do you feel deserving of, of more calls your way, style in which you play? Uh, I guess I just got to shut up about this. But uh, um, so, uh, you know, yeah, it's not, uh, yeah, I'll leave it. Sure. Is that the answer that John Tortorella wants or what? Guess he's just got to shut up about it. I don't think that's the right thing to do because I think if Connor McDavid speaks up about it and says, hey, this is absolute trash what's happening. I'm getting tripped two or three times a game that's going uncalled. And the only reason it's going uncalled is because I'm bigger, stronger, faster than everyone. I can get up quicker than everyone and I don't complain to the refs. If that's the reason why they're not calling it, that's when I think he needs to speak up. It was also nice to see him, you know, mention Skinner, obviously talking positive about him. Didn't expect to hear him dragging Stuart Skinner before the game, but also just say, hey, he's earned another start. It's not, oh, he gets another start. Gets another chance to pick up his second career NHL win. No, it's he's earned another start. Because has he let in a couple of bad goals in his last two games? Yeah. Has he also kicked a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we'll see what can happen. I guess I, I think we're still waiting. I haven't seen yet. I know there was some rumblings. Eric Comrie might start. If that's the case, hammer the over six and a half. I'm sorry. You can crush that. If it's Connor Hellebuck, maybe don't. Maybe stick with the over one and a half power play goals. I left that in the comments. It's at plus 105. Probably go check it out. Of course, if you're going to hop into Sportsbook, DraftKings, use promo code THPN. And shout out to the guys of the Hockey Podcast Network. Neil Villapiano as well for hopping on. Here's Stuart Skinner, though, this morning. Two games on the road trip, you didn't get a win, but how did you feel overall about uh, how you played? Yeah, I felt good how I played. Um, obviously, there's a couple goals that I wanted back um, that could have been a difference maker, um, but it is what it is. Uh, got to leave that in the past and just move forward. Stuart, you, you're used to playing a lot, so now you get into a little bit more of a rhythm. Is it just is it easier as a goalie because you've been used to that for so many years, just to play every every few days? I mean, I feel like it is for me, just because you kind of get in the rhythm of things, kind of get in the flow, and um, you know, I think anybody who gets in kind of a flow uh, flow and, and a rhythm and preparation, I think you kind of just end up feeling out the game a little bit more, which. Obviously, as a backup goalie, it's a little bit tougher because you you know you don't get as many starts and you kind of you have to prepare through practice and um, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel better playing more games and it's been uh, it's been nice getting back in there. It's an interesting comment, you know, just about staying ready, talking with Schwartzy about how do you prepare a little differently when you know you're you know Koskinen's going to be playing four in a row or five in a row. It's got to be tough as a goaltender, but not just a backup goaltender who's used to that role. Not a Jonathan Bernier here. We're talking about a kid who should be playing 55 games in the minors this season. So I do have somewhat of an issue with them, you know, maybe keeping him up. Maybe you send him down for a little bit. But again, if he's this close to NHL ready, I think you got to give him some of the starts then and say, all righty, Miko, you can kick once in a while, but you've also allowed some terrible goals that are costing us games. You have to be honest evaluating your team right now. And if you don't have Mike Smith, you still got to go to your best option between the pipes. And if that's Stuart Skinner, as Dave Tippett thinks it is tonight, give him the ball and let him run with it. That's where we'll leave that at huge, you know, it's, uh, it's huge for the kid to be able to get those opportunities. And I think that there, there's obviously another level to get. It's a different offense. It's a lot better of a team than Buffalo and Detroit. So this is a big task. His three NHL starts come against Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa, if I'm not mistaken. 
So for Stuart Skinner, I think you've got a whole new can of worms being open tonight, and I'm excited to watch it. I'll be tuned in for sure. This one's happening in Edmonton. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop at Rogers Place. Other games tonight, you got Calgary in Buffalo. I like the Flames here. You know what? They're coming off of a tough one against Philly. I think they got a few days of rest. You get the morning skate in. And Buffalo really doesn't have that much. Don't mind Calgary at all on the money line at plus or minus 145. Pardon me. You got Toronto at home against New York. Pittsburgh, they're in Montreal. Caden Primo gets the call between the pipes for the Habs. Don't hate Montreal in that, or uh, Pittsburgh in that situation either. Florida's at home against New Jersey. Philly, they get Tampa. As we talked about with Zach. This is a test for Carter Hart. He's been awesome this season, but now he's got the best goaltender in the league at the other end of the ice. Can he outdo them? Can they win another 2-1 game? If they can win a 2-1 game against Tampa Bay, I think that'll change a lot of people's opinions on this Flyers squad. I think people might start to take him serious because they've got two phenomenal goaltenders with save percentages over 930 this season. So if they can win a 2-1 game against a Tampa Bay team, although they're depleted, I think you start to take the Flyers a little more seriously tonight. San Jose's in St. Louis. Yet James Reimer going up against Billy Husso. San Jose, they've been playing, man. Reimer's been kicking. Maybe take the under. Maybe St. Louis plays a little bit more defensive with their kid in net. Dallas is in Minnesota. Caprizov and the Wild. They're 10-5 and five this season. The Cardiac kids, the comeback kids, they've been fine. They're minus 135 on the money line. Edmonton at home against Winnipeg. Edmonton's huge favorites here, like minus 150. Winnipeg in regulation was plus 215. Don't tell anyone. I sprinkled a little bit down on that as well. I also love the over on the one and a half power play goals in this game. I'm telling you, Winnipeg's got a great power play. And they're facing off against Stuart Skinner. Nothing wrong. He's just a rookie in net. Edmonton's got an awesome power play. And they could be facing Eric Comrie. And even if they're facing Connor Hellebuck, what do they have? Two, two power play goals on Tuesday night? Easy money at plus 105. Uh, for Three other games, pardon me, Nashville, Ottawa is postponed. So you got Columbus in Arizona, Detroit's in Vegas, and Carolina, they are in Anaheim. As we wrap it up, coffee's finished. Huge thanks, Nailville Piano. We're hopped on Devil's State of Mind podcast. Zach Medeiros as well, our resident Grey Cup champion. If you're a CFL fan, well, the Edmonton Elks, their final game of the season tomorrow night against BC. It's kind of the Flint, Michigan Mega Bowl. I mean, BC's lost seven straight. It'll be fun, though. CFL, never a bad time, right? It's good. It's Canada's game for football-wise. You got Thursday night football tonight. You got New England and Atlanta. But the games I'm watching, it's Oilers, Jets, all the way, baby. Of course, follow us on Twitter at World Hockey RPT. I'm there at Janner31 underscore. Huge shout-out to everyone who makes the show possible. Sports Travel Tours. Great World Championship packages coming up. I can't wait to tell you about them next week. Pro Rock Hockey Sticks. We're coming to you live from the Pro Rock Broadcast Studios every day of the week. The Hockey Podcast Network, they're the ones shooting it out. So you can download it after we are live. Isha, Dylan, and the team at THPN. They also get great live streams going on. I'm loving it. They know I hop in the chat once in a while. Their live streams have been unbelievable. And, of course, Lord Koala Parts. Two locations coming to Edmonton, and they're the official retailer of Hockey Canada and Team Canada. World Juniors coming up. Yes, we are pumped for that. All right, a huge thanks to everyone uh, who helps put on the show from a technical standpoint. Bryce Buns, the lead producer of the show, Eric Krause on the social media, Adam Ermintrout with the with WHR boys. I don't even know. I mean, he'll drop some podcasts, I'm sure. And Jeff Mack back at the 12-Ounce Sports Studios. My name's Cody. Till next week, everyone be kind, be better. <laughs>